This is the Medical Beat on 97.1 FM Talk. All right. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's Saturday morning, and that can mean only one thing. That means it's time for the Medical Beat, 97.1 FM FM Talk. And uh, this, this is where you get... Uh, medical information, uh, uh, interviews with experts, and everything that you want to know about your mental and physical health. And today, today we're going to be returning to a topic that we've had off and on in this show in the past, and that topic is TMS. Uh, TMS is a treatment for depression and other things uh, that's different than medications, it's different than therapy, and sometimes TMS works when other treatments have not worked. Um, our guest today is, is, a, is one of the nation's leading authorities on TMS. It's Dr. Will Save, and I'll introduce him more in just a little bit. Um, full disclosure, Dr. Save and I both work for Greenbrook TMS. Uh, uh, Dr. Save is a medical doctor specializing in psychiatry and subspecializing in TMS. Uh, Dr. Save is the regional medical director in Virginia, I think in the uh, Washington, D.C. area of Virginia. Is that right, Dr. Save? My geography is not that great. Uh, a little, Pretty a much? little bit closer to Richmond. Oh, a little bit closer to Richmond. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll check out a map after we're done today. So, so also, Dr. Save is a frequent speaker uh, for the Neuroscience Education Institute, and, and that is a big deal for those of you who don't know. And most impressive of all, today he's here on the Medical Beat. So welcome, Dr. Save. Um, so glad to have you on the show. Well, thank, thank you very much. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're thrilled. So let's, I guess just to start out with, so we're going to be talking about TMS, uh, which is transcranial magnetic stimulation. So I was wondering if we could just kind of start with uh, start with the basics. Can you kind of walk us through uh, TMS 101? What are the basics? What what is TMS? Uh, well, the the most I think the most important thing that the thing that I always start with uh, when I'm you know when I'm educating anyone who's thinking about the treatment is that it's a brain stimulation therapy. So the the beauty of TMS and it, you know and it's in the title, right? Transcranial magnetic stimulation. We're able to use a magnetic field in order to electrically stimulate the brain, but because of the magnetic field, you can do it in a non-invasive, highly civilized office-based way, and that's yes. the that's the wonder of physics. I think I think a lot of psychiatrists we don't get a lot of chances to talk about physics. So I, I enjoy the fact that I can talk about this magnetic field which can induce electrical current inside the body and inside the brain, uh, basically the same way a generator works. So you know, ever since about 2008, we have this way to electrically stimulate brains in a therapeutic way, but in a way that people don't find uncomfortable and it's office-based and it's non-invasive and people can watch their TV shows while they're getting it. And as you astutely noted mm -hmm. earlier, it seems to work very well for depression. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so a lot of it, so it's, uh, it's brain stimulation, and like you said, it's, it's non-invasive, so it's unlike other 
things like uh, like shock therapy or deep brain stimulation. It's it's uh, it's a magnetic field outside of the skull that sort of throws an electrical field to the other side of the skull. Is that correct? Well, that I I would say that's largely correct. You know, yeah. that alluding to shock therapy, I mean ECT, which is which is of course still done. Um, uh-huh. In spite of the fact that you know so many people think that it's something from the bad old days, but yeah. when you stimulate a brain the way that we do an electroconvulsive therapy (ECT), ninety percent of the electrical current that comes off those electrodes is shunted around the skull, because right. the skull is such a good insulator. So, in spite of all the drama and all that electricity and you know everything that's so scary. The truth is you're using all that power so that you can get a trickle into the brain and be able to have a therapeutic effect that is involved with ECT. And that's mm-hmm. where you know, TMS is so, so much more elegant in the sense yeah. that a magnetic field is not affected by insulation. So that you know, magnetic field off the TMS coil usually typically reaches about an inch below the skull and therefore interacts with the neurons that you find there. And, you know, voila, we have a, a gentle electrical stimulation and we didn't have to have any anesthesia. We didn't have to have, you know, any kind of drama. And it's, in fact, I've, I've even yeah. remarked that uh, some people who come for treatment express a certain amount of disappointment at the lack of drama associated with the treatment. <laughs> right. Because they were, they were kind of hoping for a bit of a production. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I guess, I guess that's one thing is that it's, it's probably good for, good for us to make clear that, uh, that, uh, TMS is, you know, TMS and ECT or electroconvulsive therapy, they're, they're both brain stimulation treatments, but other than that, they are very, very different from each other. Yeah. Yeah, e- yeah. exactly. I, I contend yeah. that they're completely unrelated. So yeah. they're, you know, written, they're written about in the same brain stimulation journal, and that's that's about where the commonalities end. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how about um, can you kind of walk us through what conditions TMS is used for? And I guess uh, I guess we'll we'll start with just just the things that is FDA approved for. We'll just start with those. So, as far as things that have a higher level of proof and have FDA approval. Well, you know, it, FDA approved for treatment-resistant depression in 2008, right? So that's so that's been about 12 years, and you know, I do think it's really important. Like you know this, but everybody mm-hmm. else is always a little eyes get a little wide when I point out that treatment-resistant depression on that 2008 label for TMS was defined as not getting better from one medication trial, and so yeah. when you're so when you're thinking about the actual on-label kind of officially official TMS treatment for depression, imagine someone who's been suffering from major depressive disorder for months, maybe, you know, not years yeah. necessarily, and had one medication trial like fluoxetine, right? That'd be perfectly reasonable for about eight weeks. And if they don't find it helpful, then by that FDA label, TMS is a very, very appropriate, you know, second thing to do. And that right. is interesting to this day. I think so many people are unaware of that and they think of TMS as something that you do late in the course after you've tried everything else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, 
And that's something we're going to talk about some after the break. I think there's kind of less awareness of TMS uh, than there ought to be. And, uh, and we're going to talk about that. So, yeah. So, hey, so th- thanks yeah. for being here. We're, we're going to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, yeah. Going out on, save that thought, Dr. Save. That's the music in the background. Chad's taking us out. We're going to be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Medical Beat. We're back. All right. This is The Medical Beat, and I'm your host, Dr. Steve Harvey. We're here with leading authority on TMS, which is transcranial magnetic stimulation, Dr. Will Save, who's uh, coming to us from Virginia there. Um, So in the first segment, we kind of introduced everybody to TMS. And uh, one of the things that came up was the question of what is TMS used for? And the main part of of the answer to that is that TMS is used uh, for major depression, uh, specifically depression that has not improved with other things. And the, the other thing that uh, TMS is used for is, is OCD or obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, specifically obsessive compulsive disorder that, that uh, has not gotten better with, with the usual treatments. So I think, I think the thing we want to talk about next, and here's the, the question I want to ask you, Dr. Salve, is can you tell us how does TMS do its thing? So we have a pulsating magnetic field uh, outside of your head. How is it that that um, helps these conditions? How, how does it work? Well, it, in anything involving psychiatry, the first most important answer to that is nobody really knows, right? Amen. So, right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Full, full disclosure. You're like, yeah. you, you always start by saying not well understood. And then once, yeah. once we have that out of the way, you know, it was, it was hypothesized and some imaging has kind of shown that in many people who have depression, the, the left prefrontal cortex, right? Full, full formal name being the left dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, Right there, there going to be a quiz later, but yeah. that's the full, yeah. full, full name. Yeah, that's ten syllables. Ten syllables, Doctor Save. Yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So it's like less, you know, less active in uh-huh. in someone who suffers from MDD, and you know, and therefore the suggestion is it's not doing its job. And the ostensible point of TMS therapy for depression is to stimulate it in a way that makes it more active. And you know, what I've always found particularly interesting is that we not only stimulate it to make it more active, but by stimulating it on a daily basis to make it more active, you, you basically teach it to stay that way. So I'd, yeah. I, I usually tell people in the office, I, I want you to imagine that we're putting your brain on a treadmill and yeah. you know, getting, getting something that is out of shape in shape and that, you know, I, I do believe the proof is in the pudding, and I think you've seen that too, that when people get well from TMS, quite more commonly than not, those gains are retained. So I think yeah. we're, we're seeing you know, clinical reality that suggests that you've made that area more active, but you've also trained it to stay that way so that you know, many people, their, their depression stays gone for a long time, if not indefinitely. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that that one one thing that that's a good example is I, I guess like a lot of other things in medicine, TMS is one of those things where you know we we know that it works, but the exact reason it works is is not well understood. Like I guess that's true for antidepressants also. We don't actually know exactly why those work, and that's 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 true for TMS also. But yeah, I think. You know that that particular part of the brain, the the dorsal, the the left dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, is uh, is, is the part that's being stimulated and and uh, gets more active after that uh, after that stimulation. I guess when we talk about the brain, we end up having lots of syllables, don't we? We we sure do. <laughs> right. I, um, yeah. yeah. Lots of syllables. It gets it gets confusing really quickly. I. I, I particularly like the more the more recent approach to the brain as a collection of circuits. However, I do yes. I do think that that is a that I'm finally less confused when when we can discuss yeah. the brain and and think about different circuits interacting with each other and how it all actually you know becomes the thing that we feel is us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's. Uh... You know, I, I know in the in the olden days, you know, way back when when you and I were uh, in medical school or residency, we, we really kind of learned about the brain as as sort of like a chemical soup, and you know, kind of like oh, more serotonin is good, more norepinephrine is good. Oh, hey, now we know that sometimes more dopamine is good. But I, it sounds like that whole thing is kind of being replaced by something that looks like it's going to be a better understanding and that's that's this whole thing with networks is is that right uh well i agree and that i yeah. i i agree with that and and i agree that it, it can't come soon enough because that you know if i if i never if i never hear about the mono means again it'll be too soon you know that's <laughs> right. a, i think mean, that's something yeah way way back when we were we were taught that for 30 years that right you know, serotonin norepinephrine and dopamine and first of all, those are just three out of a multitude of chemicals. Like we, right. I, I think we both were kind of taught that those are the neurotransmitters, as if there were only three in the brain. And right. there's <laughs> so many different chemicals. But it's but when it comes to TMS, I, I you probably get this question all the time too. I have many people ask me, well, is you know, is this treatment gonna gonna make me have more serotonin and therefore feel better? And because that's what everyone has kind of been conditioned to believe. And my answer is usually that I, I think that the serotonin, norepinephrine and dopamine are sort of a sideshow when it comes to TMS treatment. And the beauty of this treatment is that we're going, we're going after the wires. You know, we don't, we don't have to worry about manipulating the chemicals anymore for this indirect effect that nobody understands. We just go right to the circuit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of, kind of along the same lines. I mean, one, one thing I've pointed out to my patients occasionally is that, uh, you know, is that, you know, as far as uh, uh, serotonin and norepinephrine, you know, I can give somebody antidepressants that gives them so much serotonin and so much norepinephrine that it actually makes them sick and they're still depressed. Right. You know, they're still depressed. And they're still so, depressed. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, so there's something else, you know, there, there's definitely that, that whole thing about uh, the, the motto of means we, we've kind of known all along that that's a half truth, you know? So, yeah. So, so we're going, going directly yeah. after, uh, after the circuits. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
So how about so I guess you know given that we can use TMS to to modulate circuits within the brain, you know we've talked a little bit about depression. We we've mentioned that it's uh, also approved in certain situations for OCD. Can you tell us a little bit about um, the the possible future of TMS? Like what are some of the conditions that might be used for in the future or that it's being experimentally used for now what uh, what up with that well the the conditions that are being looked at i i would say are are legion right any anything that you can think of that anywhere in the brain that that you can reach with a magnetic field i think someone's trying to figure out what 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 would happen if you stimulated that so there's a you know, you look at the papers, they, they do that graph every once in a while where there's a thousand papers in one year, 10,000 papers the next year, and right, 100,000 right. papers the year after that. You know, it's the, the research is, is truly exploding. I would say that the big items that are being looked at, there were, there were at least two device manufacturers that announced that they were going to be looking for an FDA approval for PTSD, which was, hmm. you know, very interesting. Uh, one yeah. of them, one of the companies published some data recently that said they, they were very disappointed. They didn't get the results they were looking for. So I don't know if they're going to keep chasing that. But the other, the other method of looking at PTSD, I think, is still in process. So that, you know, there's some stuff going on there. There's been a bunch of research in ADHD with TMS, which has been, been really difficult. I think that Anytime I've seen good results with ADHD with TMS, it's like that's exciting, and then someone else tries to reproduce it and they can't. But I saw some data a couple of years ago that suggested that imaging combined with TMS, which kind of made me think that you know ADHD is probably a highly heterogeneous thing that you know we call it ADHD, but it's probably a minimum of ten different processes you know, going on ah. in the brain that all present the same way. So maybe with the right imaging, you could actually figure out what, where's the circuit, you know, going back to the circuits and the networks again, where's the mm -hmm. circuit, and then I can stimulate that and maybe help out. And that's like yeah. brain stimulation for ADHD would be such a game changer because I'm, you know, I'm thinking of the infinite number of people who are on stimulants who don't want to be. And if you right. could, you know, if you could treat it effectively without medications, that would that would just sort of turn everything upside down. Yeah, yeah, and just just in general, being able to individualize treatment—not not just for ADHD, but probably different people need different types of stimulation for different parts of the brain. So that's that's the future, I think. You know, so, yeah. I hey. I think so. I yeah. I even think we'll we'll probably have different nomenclature. You know, I. I envision a future where I can look at somebody and say, instead of saying you have depression, I can say that you have, you know, something, 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 circuit deficiency. Like that's a, like we've identified the circuit and this is what it's doing and this is what it should be doing and we can address it instead of yeah. kind of using made up names for collections of symptoms. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the future can't come soon enough. But hey, that music playing <laughs> right. means, <laughs> the music playing means Chad's taking us out. So uh, we're going to be right back with more exciting talk about TMS, which is transcranial magnetic stimulation. Be right back.
listening to The Medical Beat. All right. Hey, we're back. This is The Medical Beat, 97.1 FM. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Harvey. We have with us here a leading authority on TMS, which is uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation, uh, Dr. Will Save. And we're asking them all about TMS. And I think the next thing we want to ask is, so, you know, with, with TMS, you know, for someone who has depression, there are a lot of different treatments for depression. Of course, there's medications, there's therapy, uh, there's other stuff, and then there's TMS. Can, can you tell us, Dr. Save, how does TMS fit in with the other options? At what point does it make sense for someone to try TMS? Clinically, I would say the earlier the better. Uh, so TMS, number one, TMS can fit in while people are trying medications. And actually, I, I would say clinically, and I, and I suspect you have the same experience, most yeah. people who, who come to see me who are considering TMS are on medications, um, quite frequently yeah. on multiple medications. And usually my advice is that those medications be continued and left exactly as they are while yeah. we do TMS treatment, um, mainly to avoid chaos. It's, it's almost never yeah. a safety issue. But the, you know, the vast majority of those medications have uh, some sort of discontinuation syndrome associated that can be pretty uncomfortable. And I don't want people going through that while they're you know, trying to decide whether they think TMS is helpful. So it I guess yeah. in answer to your question, it, it fits right in, and, and, and actually for many people going uh, depression treatment, it's almost layered on top. And then you know, if we can get people well, then I think it's reasonable to readdress the medications and, you know, and start trying to decide you know, which ones might be able to go away. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that makes sense. And, and uh, just overall, I mean, is it and I, I think I know the answer to this question, but do you think TMS is overused or underused? Grossly underused. <laughs> right. Like, ding, ding, I, ding, 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 ding. Yes, I agree. You, <laughs> when you think, or you think about the number of people who have depression, I think the, the last time I looked, you know, the National Institute of Mental Health numbers, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 7 or 8% of all Americans yeah, so so yeah. in a country full of 350 million people, it is millions of people ostensibly yeah. who have had or are having depression. And a couple yeah. of years ago, the number of TMS cases done in the entire country was somewhere in, I think, the 25,000-ish range. So right. that, that, that's the tiniest, tiniest wow. little scratch you know, in Any the bit. mountain of depression. You know, when I when I when I think of the number of people out there who are hurting, who who have a chance at you know feeling better if they could only get them, you know, only knew sometimes to get themselves to a TMS center if if only somebody told them, and they yeah. not only feel better but possibly have remission. So I think you know, T, TMS. I wish it was being done probably a hundred times more than it is. Yeah, just, just yeah. kind of looking at the napkin version of the math. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm with you on that. And I think something that a lot of people don't understand is, you know, with major depression, it's not it's not just, you know, 
hey, I'm bummed out. It's more like, you know, people have impairment in functioning. They can't do their jobs. Uh, and a lot of these are people who just wake up every morning and it's hell inside their heads all day. You know, depression is a horrible, horrible thing. And uh, for a lot of these people, they've, they already have a good psychiatrist. They already have a good therapist. They've tried a lot of things, but they're still not getting better. And TMS works. I mean, TMS works. It's not perfect, but it works pretty well. It works. The odds are good. And when it, and when it works, it works quickly. So this, yeah. you know, this isn't the kind of treatment where we say, well, start this and you might feel better in two months. Right. Right. If it's going to work for you, it's usually a couple few weeks that people start yeah. to feel better. There's, you know, there's almost nothing in our field that can provide relief, you know, quite that rapidly to, to somebody with depression. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And I think one, one thing I noticed, I'll, I'll kind of tell you what it was like when I started giving people TMS. And I, I just want to see if your experience is similar. So uh, I've been doing TMS since 2013. I know you started in 2010, but I started giving people TMS in 2013. And one of my earliest memories of giving people TMS was when I saw someone who had been, you know, severely, severely depressed, literally for decades, and she had tried more than 20 antidepressants and nothing worked. And she was one of my first patients and she had a huge miraculous improvement. And, and I remember thinking, Whoa, <laughs> this, this works better than I thought it would work. I, I, I think for me, I was actually, I mean, again, it doesn't cure everybody at all, but, but I was surprised at how well it works. Did, did you have that impression also when you started giving people TMS? Did it, did it work better than you thought it was going to? Absolutely. And better, better than I thought it was going to. And I think the thing that always struck me is that it worked for people about whom I was rather pessimistic. So I yeah. think I, I had an early case just like yours, someone who had had depression for more than 30 years and she'd had ECT before. In fact, yeah. I, I spent quite a bit of time explaining to that person that TMS was not ECT because she was so scared that it was. Because yeah. she, she had had a bad time with ECT. I, I think she actually had someone who didn't really know how to do it. So she had had such a hard time, been on so many drugs, had ECT, been ill for so long. And I was thinking, you know, I'm feeling hopeless. Like, I'm, I'm going to do my best for this person, but I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get them well. And that was similar to your experience, one of those 100% remissions you know, and, and, and even the, the patient looking at me saying, I, I can't believe it. You know, I never, oh, right. I never imagined that I could feel this well. And it's like, I don't, you know, and I'm, I'm wow. trying to act like it's not my first day, but I'm thinking, I didn't think this was going to happen either. So, <laughs> right. so we're both Yeah, like I didn't think you were going to get better either. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think, uh, and, and, you know, and I guess, I guess for, for both of us, you know, we were so used to, uh, you know, giving medications and doing therapy. And at least for me, I think in retrospect, I think it might have been a little hard for me to wrap my head around something different that actually works, you know. And I, I think our psychiatrist friends are kind of in a similar spot, which kind of gets me to my next question. So, you know, I, I think both of us have psychiatrist friends who have large private practices. They have hundreds of patients, and maybe they have, you know, like a hundred patients who are perfect for TMS. They really should get TMS, 
but they're not referring them for TMS. You know, they, they, they see their patient and they're like, oh, okay, antidepressant number 12 didn't work, so now we're going to give you antidepressant number 13. Try this. Come back in six months. Good luck. You know, and we've seen that, right? We've seen mm-hmm. that in, in, in private practice. So any thoughts on what's your opinion? How come that's happening or why any idea why it is that uh, that the mental health field is only slowly catching on to TMS? I think it is catching on. But but why have things been sort of slow to catch on like that? Complicated you know, I, question. I tend to. I tend to blame quite a bit of it on the 15-minute med check, and that's mm. you know, and and we both know that in a 15-minute appointment, you don't spend 15 minutes talking to your patient. You spend seven minutes talking to the patient, and then about five minutes trying to deal with the electronic medical record, and then two more minutes quietly, you know, sobbing to yourself. Like that's, <laughs> right. uh, and I, I think, I think all yes. of medicine has kind of been beaten into this. You know, I just I just do the next thing on the list because there's no time to think. And, yeah. you know, you ask someone how they're doing on their med and they say fine. And then that's the end of the conversation. And yeah. you, know, you and I both know from the patients we see that they're, they're not fine. They've been on the same medicine for two years and they're nowhere near better. But but how would they know what to say? You know, they and yeah. so many yeah. people when I tell them remission is possible the next thing they say to me is, "What what would that be like?" And because oh. they don't they don't even know what to ask for because they haven't felt well in decades. So yeah, it's a, yeah I, I really yeah. do think the fifteen minute thing makes it incredibly difficult to get into the weeds with you know how people are really doing and how we can be more aggressive in their treatment. Oh, exactly, exactly, yeah. So, hey, uh, that music means that Chad is taking us out. When we come back, we're going to learn a little bit about uh, TMS in the military, and we're also going to talk about the curious case of Dr. Zoe Katz and what that means for mental health. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Medical Beat. All right. Hey, we're back. Uh, This is The Medical Beat, 97.1 FM News Talk. No, 97.1 Talk. And I'm your host, Dr. Steve Harvey. We have with us Dr. Will Save. For the first part of this show, we've been talking about TMS, which is transcranial magnetic stimulation. If you missed the first part of this show, then there's still hope for you. You can go to the Medical Beat website and you can get the podcast and you can listen to this whole show over podcast. So don't don't despair. You can still find out all about TMS, which is transcranial magnetic stimulation. What we're going to do now is we're going to talk just a little bit more about TMS, and then we're going to talk about the curious case of Dr. Zoe Katz. But uh, to start out with, I want to ask Dr. Save, can you tell us, Dr. Save, a little bit about how did you stumble across TMS? How did what, what is your origin story? How did this start? How did you uh, how did you learn about TMS, and how did you get involved? I was given it as a precious gift by the United States Navy in 2010. So wow. this was, you know, the, the treatment was FDA approved in 2008, and I was stationed at Naval Medical Center San Diego. 
and Naval uh-huh. Medical Center San Diego purchased, uh, you know, one of the original FDA approved TMS devices around 2010. I uh-huh. I was in charge of the electroconvulsive therapy department at the time. I I was the inpatient guy and I was the ECT guy, and uh-huh. I I've always kind of joked that our our you know the 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 Navy captain, the director of our entire department. I'm not sure if he really knew what this TMS thing was for, but somebody uh-huh. said it was electricity, so they said give it to Will. <laughs> you know, right? and, that was, and, and, and I walked in, you know, there was practically a giant bow on it, and I fell in love, oh. and you know, and the rest is history. And I've and now, you know, for several years now, I boiled it down to all I do because I like it so much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. TMS is a lot more is is fun. It's 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 a it's it's a it's a very gratifying thing to do. So yeah. All right, darn. So so you uh, so you did TMS uh, in the Navy, and I guess you also did a lot of TMS at a at a hospital after after you served. You were in the Navy for eleven years. Is that right? Uh, eleven. Yeah. Eleven years on active duty because my medical school didn't count. So I was ah. technically I was in uniform for 15 years, but my but my DD 214 says 11. Got it. Okay. Hey, and, and thank you for your service, Doctor Save. Wow. Yeah. So oh, so thank uh, you. Yeah, you thank bet. You. you bet. Yeah, you bet. So um, so and you found good results with uh, with TMS in the military. It sounds like. Well, I did, and as you alluded to, when I when I got off active duty, I went I went to work for a hospital, but the hospital had a program that was for military people specifically. So it was a, a residential PTSD program dedicated to like active duty military. So they they hired me to run that because you know, because they were they were looking for a guy that had some dirt on his boots and then somebody to. Yeah come in there and, you know, be someone who's been there and, and someone who our, you know, our patients would respond to positively. So I brought, I brought TMS to that program, probably mm-hmm. the one and only time that a, that a CEO of a hospital ever listened to me ever, but <laughs> I suggested that they bring I, that in. I feel your pain. In yes. And I, so I right. did TMS with that population for three years and we had great results. I was very, very happy with how that went. Excellent, and then then eventually you found your way to Greenbrook TMS, as as did I. And uh, so Greenbrook, so everybody knows, Greenbrook TMS is the leading provider of TMS in the nation. Uh, it's available here in St. Louis and also there in Virginia, uh, where Will is, where Dr. Save is. And uh, Greenbrook, uh, even during the pandemic, Greenbrook is still providing service. Uh, we're, we're taking lots and lots of extra precautions uh, to, to, uh, to do everything we can to minimize the risk of any viral transmission um, in our clinics. So we're, we're open with precautions. So hey, really glad we could talk about TMS. We, we, we want to talk about uh, another topic now. And uh, so, Chad, can, can you play the thing? We're going to do Quack Alert. Quack Alert. Right. I love that Quack Alert song. So, hey, so welcome to the last segment, which is Quack Alert. Quack Alert is the part of the show where we talk about all things bogus, uh, where we talk about bad science. We talk about pseudoscience. 
Uh, or we, sometimes we talk about good science that has been misrepresented uh, in the media. And today we're going to talk about uh, the curious case. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to talk about the curious case of Dr. Zoe Katz. Now, now to be clear, to be clear, uh, Dr. Katz is is sort of in the middle of this story, but Dr. Katz is pretty much innocent of any wrongdoing. So it's not not really a bad thing about Dr. Katz, but. But here's the situation. So, so Zoe Katz had all sorts of impressive sounding certifications um, as a um, has all sorts of impressive sounding certifications uh, in uh, in hypnotherapy, uh, like a long list of initials uh, after her name. And what was really what was really remarkable, what's really remarkable is that Zoe Katz was able to uh, obtain all of these impressive sounding certifications in spite of one very interesting uh, one very interesting handicap that should have made it much harder for her to gain those certifications so we're going to we're going to see uh chad can you guess what that might have been what, what do you what do you think uh what do you think the thing is with dr katz why <laughs> would it have been so hard for dr katz to be able to do that so i'm gonna guess that it's an animal <laughs> Correct. Yes. Good. Oh, Chad. You got it, Chad. Yes. Yes. So Dr. Zoe Katz is a cat. Is a cat. And actually it's the, the middle initial is D, so Zoe D cat. Actually that's German for Zoe the cat. And so so here's the story behind that. So Zoe the cat um is owned by um is owned by a uh, a psychologist uh, who works in Delaware. And uh, let me pull that up here. Yeah, so, so Zoe Katz works for a psychologist uh, who practices in Delaware, and that and Dr. Dr. Steve Eichel. And Dr. Eichel is a, is a kind of a, a prominent, uh, perfectly legitimate psychologist who works out there. And uh, he was getting very tired. He was getting very tired of people with sort of, uh, you know, bogus certifications, lots of initials after their name, uh, all these societies that where you just kind of, you know, logged onto the computer and, and got, got some certification. He was tired of that. So, so he got his cat certified. And um, according, to, according to Dr. Eichel, really the main, uh, the main obstacle to getting those kind of certifications was just that he had to get, uh, had to get his, his cat on his credit card as an authorized user. Um, apparently, uh, <laughs> apparently that, and, and he was able to do that. And he, he said the awkward part is when the credit card company asked for Zoe's uh, social security number. So uh, Dr. Eichel just said, Oh, you know, it would take me a while to find that. And the credit card company says, ah, don't worry about it. And they just, just put it right. That'll be fine. So, that, yeah, yeah. So, so Dr. Save, as a as a prominent mental health professional yourself, what what do you what do you what is your opinion about uh, about cats uh, becoming therapists? Well, you know, it probably depends <laughs> on how much they charge. So that I want to know what what is what is Dr. Zoe Cat's rates and yes. how many of her patients get better. You know, that, that's, that's all I'm really interested in. Well, that makes sense, you know, because it is a free market and people have the right to choose. So, so I'm with you there on that, you know. Precisely. And, uh, I mean, you, you show up, you show up with a with a can of Friskies, and 
you know, you right. that's you pay up front, and if you feel better, then what, what's the problem? That's true. That makes sense. That makes sense. You know, another thing I was thinking is during your appointment, you can bring a laser pointer and make your therapist run around the room. That could be fun. Right. Now, would that be seen as treatment resistance and deflection? Yeah. Like any any time the cat brings up something you don't want to talk about, you just get out the laser pointer. Perfect. Like perfect. We're not we're not doing that right now. Exactly. That's perfect. All right. Hey, that song is taking us out, and uh, we had a great talk about TMS and Zoe cats. We're going to be back next week. Thank you everybody for joining us. We're out. Ciao.